0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I am your host, galen mcdowell and i'm the executive minister senior assistant minister and the director of the johnny coleman institute at christ universal temple i'm still in the midst of teaching from the series ask and it is given by esther and jerry hicks and today i'm going to teach chapter 20 which is trying to hinder another's freedom always costs you your freedom now before i do that though i want to read a quote this quote is from victor frankel who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, he wrote, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Again, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Now, why did I read that? Because I want you to recognize that I've been emphasizing over and over again, over the course of this series, how much you have to emphasize your own choices, your own decisions, your own thinking, your own feeling, your emotional state, your vibrational alignment. You get to choose that, regardless of what's going on in your space. That's your choice. You get to choose that. You get to make a thing a thing or dissolve it and no longer make it a thing in your life. That's your power to choose. That's your power to decide. It's your power to give meaning to the things that are going on in your life and the things that are going on in your mind. So. As I open the book, page 99, chapter 20, trying to hinder another's freedom always cost you your freedom. It starts by stating, yes, when you ask, it is always given, but you must be in vibrational harmony with what you are asking for before you can let it into your experience. So over and over again, this book is trying to explain to people. You have to have it by right of consciousness by right of consciousness. You don't get something, even if it's given to you, through like games of Chan. You can lose it swiftly if you don't have the consciousness to maintain it. This is why we hear so many stories about lottery winners losing the money within seven, eight years. This is why we hear many stories, and I'm sure you know some as well, of people who had children or grandchildren who didn't have the consciousness of abundance that their parents or grandparents had and when they leave them money and property and businesses and investments in from their estate passed down to their children grandchildren or whoever they don't maintain it why they don't have the consciousness for it it's by right of consciousness by right of Consciousness. They will say it in this book, vibrational harmony. All right. So moving on. He goes on to say in that same paragraph, they are not making conscious connection between their thoughts, the subsequent feelings those thoughts evoke, and the manifestations that are occurring. And without that conscious connection, you cannot know where you are in relationship to that which you desire. In other words, are you consciously aware of your vibrational alignment? Are you consciously aware of the thoughts you're focusing on? Are you consciously aware of what you are believing? Most of the time we're not. Most thought, most feelings, most beliefs are subconscious. But we have to stop and become aware and start to investigate and pay attention to the amount of time we're thinking about what we don't want to show up in our space. I remember several years ago at Christ Universal Temple, uh, Reverend Wells had the church go through uh, the process. Now, I'm trying to re- try to remember the Complaint-Free World. That was the name of the book, which I've taught on this show, by the way. and. We had wristbands made, and according to the process, you have to go 21 days without complaining, without, there were several other factors. And we had to make sure we were clear what a complaint was and wasn't. And the key was you couldn't verbalize it. You can think anything you want to think, but you couldn't verbalize it. So many people are not used to catching their words that it became very difficult not to complain, not to throw shade, not to have explosive, um anger filled words etc that would disqualify the days that or the time you accumulated keeping the wristband on one wrist versus the other so we did this process for a month and i believe it was only one person who said that they could say in integrity that they did it now obviously that's a, it's that's subjective but the fact that a whole church of folks, including the ministers and teachers, would get, you know, four or five, to six, seven days in and then discover that they couldn't maintain 21 days of no complaining. It was it was an eye-opener because what those words were saying was: this is where I am in my consciousness when it comes to things. And I'm so unconscious, I just say stuff and I criticize and I complain and I throw shade consistently at people and myself and it's verbalized. So the theory behind it was if you can catch your mouth, you can learn to catch your mind because you're catching your mouth, you will become consciously aware to the point to where you build a new habit. The idea of the 21 day straight is to build a new habit. All right, back to the book. Page 99. The only thing that ever pre- prevents your receiving something that you desire is that your habit of thought is different from your desire. Yet again, by right of consciousness. So. You desire one thing, and we teach in our brand of new thought at Christ Universal Temple and in the UFBL that desire is divine impulse of spirit seeking expression through the soul, seeking to come through the soul to manifest in a particular way. So we would say it's God tapping at the door of your soul. You get this divine impulse to express something. It's the pregnant possibility. But here's the thing. You can have a desire, but your thoughts are so out of alignment with the desire that you can't bring it forth. Hmm. So it's important to make sure that your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, words, actions, and reactions are in alignment with what it is you say you desire. So the book goes on to write, say, brother, once you are aware of the power of your thoughts and of your ability to allow in the things that you desire, you then have creative control of your experience. In other words, if you're not consciously aware of what's happening in your consciousness, then it's basically like driving an automobile blindfolded. You got all that power and no real control. All right. Your mind is a powerful instrument. And you have to make sure you are guiding it properly. What you think about, think about matters. What you feel matters, what you believe matters, what you say matters, what you do matters because through universal law, this is what you are radiating and attracting into your experience, individually and collectively. Just want us to be present to that. All right. So it says on page 100 sometimes people will argue, but Abraham, I'm only telling you what is, I'm only facing the reality of the situation. And we're saying that you were taught to face reality before you knew you were creating reality there's one thing to face it it's another thing to say i'm creating it all right so be very mindful that you are creating your experiences not and sometimes creating your experiences does not mean that the thought originated with you it just means that you're in alignment more in alignment with what everybody else is doing and the race consciousness human all of humanity's past thinking the collective unconscious you're more in alignment with that so you can pick up somebody else's thoughts somebody else's beliefs, somebody else's ideology and now that becomes a part of who you are because you weren't paying attention and and you'll you let these erroneous beliefs slip through so this is going to be like a quick episode 20 minutes or so So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transform. still in the midst of teaching this book. I have another quote before I get back to the book. This quote is from Charles Fillmore. For those who know, know that Charles Fillmore is a fundamental pillar in what I teach. So he wrote, we increase whatever we praise. The whole creation responds to praise. And is glad. I'll repeat it. We increase whatever we praise. The whole creation responds to praise and is glad. Now, what does this have to do with what I'm teaching? Is you're seeking to get into vibrational alignment with folks, with your life, with your good, etc. I want you to just be from from the space of uh, in, in, instead of clashing. Start developing a consciousness of praise. In other words, can you start to look for the good? Well, I always trying to sometimes fix everybody else's stuff. And I'm not saying that they're not outer things that need to be addressed, fixed, transformed, eliminated, and things of that nature. I'm not saying that at all. But what, what does matter is the consciousness that you uh, utilize when you accomplish tasks matter because you're a mental being that is always radiating and attracting. So on page one hundred one, it reads: "Freedom from the freedom from the fear of unwanted experiences will never be achieved by trying to control the behavior or desires of others. Your freedom can only be al- allowed by adjusting your own vibrational point of attraction. What this means is this: you have to start acting, you have to start thinking free before you before you, you attain freedom." You have to start feeling free before you attain freedom. You have to believe that you're free. See, one of the things about oppression when people oppress other people is oppression is always psychological. It's reinforced often physically with weapons of mass destruction, guns and violence and armies and all that other stuff. But the real work is how can I train this baby elephant? by tying him to a small little pole uh, that he can't move to have that adult elephant believe that they still can't move when they're tied to that little pole. In other words, how can we train a person who's a powerful being not to exercise their own creative capacity, their own power, their own imagination, their own power of consciousness to transform their own experience. So oppression is always working on your mind. So you have to believe in your freedom. You have to believe in it. That I'm as good as anybody. I'm the image and likeness of God. There's something radically right about me. I'm a spiritual being living in, the, in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. I am at peace and all is well in my soul. Divine order is established in all that concerns me. I'm a rich child of a rich God and prosperity flows through my life easily. I have more than enough to spare and to share. Every cell in my body is animated with the life intelligence and substance of God and divine health magnificently expresses through my body right here and right now. It's shifting to a freedom thought process. All right. And if you're not in vibrational harmony with with the mess anyway, let's just be real. You know, stuff show up often because it just finds that which corresponds with it in you. Some people are always in the midst of arguing and fighting because they have an argumentative energy. Some people, you know, no matter what happens, they tend to bump into financial challenges because they don't have a consciousness of abundance and divine order that can maintain and grow that abundance. So it don't make a difference how much money they make. They just create more debt. They just have more money to be disorganized with. That's the process. All right, back to the book. They wrote wrote something that's interesting. And this is a take it or leave it, but I'm teaching it. You know, I'm the hardcore metaphysician. That's what I do. Even the smallest among you, your babies are offering vibrations that the universe is matching. And like you, your little ones are influenced by the vibrations of those who surround them. But nevertheless, they are creating their own reality. Like you, they did not begin the creation of their life in this body once they were in it. But long before their physical birth, they sent it to motion, this life experience that they are now living. Mm -hmm. In other words, a newborn baby is still spirit, soul, body. And that soul has had multiple experiences. And it's a mental being as well that is drawing and that's uh, radiating rather than attracting based upon several factors including if you can accept it past incarnations now i'm not about to do a drill down on reincarnation theories right now if you want some of my thoughts on that i would strongly suggest you go back and listen to this was probably 10 years ago a series i did on discover the power within you one of the last couple of episodes i did one on uh resurrection from a metaphysical standpoint and then i did one on reincarnation it was the discover the power within you series on truth transforms you gotta go back to the archives for a while to find those but i'm i'm pretty sure they were some of the last episodes within the last two of the last three i'm pretty sure if you wanted me to do a deep drill down on those concepts check those out. I can still stand behind them. <laughs> I'm sure I have some involved thinking around some of the subjects, but it's it's a good drill down. Anyway, moving on. The author went on to write, the greatest argument we hear from our physical friends who want to understand their relationship with the non-physical and how it is that they are here living, creating is. But how is it possible that that little baby who has really learn very little about our physical world could be held responsible for the creation of its own life we want you to understand that this little one is very well prepared for its life in your environment because like you it was born with an emotional guidance system to help it help its way these babies like you came rompingly joyously into your time space reality eager for the opportunity to continually make new decisions And to align with the energy of their source. So, in other words, just like us adults, they're here to uncover, discover, and magnificently manifest what's within them spiritually. And like every other soul, they have their own experiences. Just like every other soul, Those experiences are in alignment or out of alignment to certain degrees with the truth of their being, the Christ, the I am, the source within them, the spiritual being. And the more, and and even when you show up incarnated through particular parents and you're wondering, you know, why, 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 why? It's a matrix of why. The key is... Now that you've become spiritually aware, what now? Not why, what now? You might not have consciously chose those parents, but what now? You might not have wanted your upbringing, but what did your upbringing bring to the table for you? What now? Because you can use it to depower you or empower you. I'm going to be um, teaching at a church, guest speaking. Uh, for unit in Chicago, by the time this is um, put out, you'll hear it. You can look it up on their YouTube page. I'm going to be teaching a lesson called "There's Value in the Valley." Look it up on YouTube. I'm going to be breaking down. Okay, you're in the valley. Now what? Now what? You can get the lesson. You can turn that breakdown into a breakthrough and a blessing, or you can allow yourself to stay stuck. And some people stay stuck for a whole lifetime is it because they're not getting that their mental field that's always radiating and attracting. All right. I want to teach two more things and then I'm going to get out of this chapter. Okay. Uh, in the page 102, was it your speed or was it the tree talks about how if you're driving a, a a car and it hits a tree at 100 miles an hour, it's different if you bump into the tree at five miles an hour. So many people try to slow down representing their desire versus removing the tree, which is the resistance. Sometimes we'll say to ourselves, well, maybe that's, it's not my time. Maybe it's not the right time, right person. I'm not the right person. All these excuses. And sometimes you that might be true. It might There is some divine by right of consciousness stuff that might need to happen. In other words, you try to do surgery on somebody and you haven't finished high school and you haven't went to medical school and you don't even know what the different uh, medical utensils are. If they're called utensils, I don't even know. The point that I'm making is there are some things that you have to grow, grow into. But this is not what it's talking about. It's talking about how we allow resistance to stop us from dreaming. From desiring better, from going after what we really want. So we slow down versus dealing with the resistance. But if you, it, but if you had your car and you hit the accelerator hard as you could and the brake, the wheels will spin and burn, the tires would burn. But you necessarily aren't really going anywhere. And if you are, it's it's is uncoordinated energy that the car is because it's fighting itself. The brakes are slow, uh, are resisting the speed of the turning of the wheels. Often that's how we live life. I want this big goal. I want this house. I want this car. I want this business. I want this life. But we have the brakes on. Resisting. Resisting. All right. Last thing I want to teach out of this chapter is on page 103. There's no desire that anyone holds for any other reason than that they believe that they will feel better in the achievement of it. Whether it is a material object, a physical state of being, a relationship, a condition, or a circumstance, at the heart of every desire is the desire to feel good. And so the standard of success in life is not the things or money. The standard of success is absolutely the amount of joy you feel. I just really want that to land. We say we want the stuff, but we, what we really want is how the stuff makes us feel. You want the relationship because of the way it makes you feel. You want to be married because of the way that makes you feel. You want the promotion. You want the business. You want the car. You want the clothes. You want the home. You want whatever it is because of the way it makes you feel. The way you, it, I really want you, to, <laughs> because it, the thing about it is, if if it didn't make you feel good, then you would just move on to something else. Oh, I, I really don't, you know, some people have the world far as money is concerned and they don't feel good. There's some people who have what you would, would, you know, think you won the lottery to, li- to have. In other words, they have a life that you think is the thing of dreams. And sometimes they're committing suicide and self-harm. God bless their souls because they're not happy. They don't feel good. The, the money doesn't mean anything to them. The fame, the, the fame, the status, the significance, the importance is not important to them. They don't feel good. So you, you go after things for the feeling. Sometimes when people are abusing their bodies with alcohol and drugs because they're trying to avoid one feeling, By drowning it in the substance abuse, that'll give them another temporary feeling. The problem is when you come off the high, you still got to deal with you. So you get high again and you come down and then you got to deal with you. And now it's a cycle. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to what it is that you desire. Get your own mind in alignment with the truth that you want, the truth that you desire, no matter what. If you do that process, you can go a long way in changing up your life. You got to get these fundamentals down. So besides the going and listen to the Discover the Power Within You series, I want to give you some homework. The homework is to go back to, into my archives, There's two points to this homework, go back into my archives and listen to a series I did called, What Are You? I don't remember how many lessons, it might have been seven, eight lessons. What are you? And just work with it. It's from a book uh, by Meldon Shanclan. Just trust me, it works. Then... Go back and listen to my YouTube video, New Thought, The Science of Mental and Spiritual Mastery. I keep recommending it on here because I believe in that podcast, that podcast, that seminar, online seminar I did, it was during the podcast. I was trying to make sure that the fundamentals of new thought were being taught and understood. So hopefully that's helpful and beneficial. Go work it. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. God bless you.